Chief Miller is dedicated to featuring the men and women of the fire service from around the world. Chief Miller has a family of content creators who feature great people doing great things, making the fire service a better place. Make sure to follow along as Chief Miller creates, shares, collaborates, and features the special people who call themselves firefighters. Follow along on Instagram at Chief underscore Miller. Find him on Twitter at Chief underscore Miller underscore. Like him on Facebook at Chief underscore Miller number one. And watch for all the podcasts featured within the Chief Miller media family. Make sure to check out ChiefMillerApparel.com for all your fire service apparel needs. BSWUSA.com has done it yet again, gang. Hey, it's Jason, and today I want to introduce the new sound with this Shure SM7B microphone I just got from my friend Jamie at BSWUSA.com. It is an industry leader. It's been around for decades. And you know what? It adds accent to what I already have with my great MXL BCD1 mics in this Rodecaster Pro. So guys, again, as I told you, I started this with a mic and an app. And here I am a year and a half later adding some awesome new sound to the show. So this is what you can do if you want to do the same. Go check out bswusa.com and talk to my friend Jamie Singer about getting into a Rodecaster Pro or one of the Zoom boards. There are plenty of options and combos out there where you can get mics and a board at a price you can afford. Again, go check out my friends at bswusa.com. The K-Man Radio Show is proudly sponsored by some great firefighter-owned businesses. And we're going to shamelessly plug them here for a second, starting with AxeCaps.com. If you're looking to get into some great firefighter-made apparel, what about custom apparel from hats to shirts? What about the Can-Man apparel line? Go check out AxeCaps.com today. And Ian Sargent from SGTFireBags.com. If you're looking to get into a clean radio strap, what about a gear bag that protects you from the carcinogens that we're exposed to on a daily basis? Well, go check out SGT Firebags today and use CanMan for 10% off. And my brother, Herb Tyler from National Rescue Consultants. That's NRC.com. If you're looking to upgrade your education in the USAR world, go check out my brother, Herb Tyler, at National Rescue Consultants. That's NRC.com. Get off your ass, canners, and get ready for some extreme tabletop exercises. It's time for the Can Man Radio Show. And now, your fearless leader, the senior canner himself, Jason Liska. sitting here with three guys, pipe hitters as you might call them if you know the military fashion and terminology. Humble. Humble as the day is long. Guys that I've gotten to know over the last hour or so as they joined me at my house this evening for this awesome episode of the Can-Man Radio Show. Three really cool individuals that bring 
A world of experience from their military background to their work with Brigand's company. And then, of course, now two of them in the fire service following in the legacy of their father, who was a Dallas-Fort Worth firefighter out at the airport. And to have them here this evening to welcome them into my home, to me, is, is an honor because I don't get to do studio interviews. It's kind of the first time we've done this since COVID. So with the new board, the new sound, the new setup... I'm grateful to have Dylan, Connor, and RJ with us this evening. So welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks a lot for having us. You know, it's it's something that I've been looking forward to since I found you guys on Instagram. And little did I know that you guys actually paid attention to what I did. And I had no clue. And the fact that you do, it truly honors me to have you guys as part of the family, as part of the, the group of emerging mentors in the fire service. I've learned a lot about the two of you. RJ, there's still much to learn about you and your 30 years in the military and your craftsman-like skill set that you can do pretty much anything and everything. And then, of course, the, the level of humility that you bring and, and the, the sense of, of brotherhood that you bring from your military background and then brought that into the fire service and some of the great people that have influenced you walking in the door as new firefighters with obviously the land, a town I lived in, and New Smyrna Beach, a town I've actually had the, the privilege of teaching um, in. And it's something cool to be able to sit back and, and hear what you guys had to say this evening about your experiences in life in general and what brought you into the service. Um, some of the things that you experienced that changed you as a person and made you realize that the calling I was in originally was there. It just wasn't the direction I should have gone in. And then, of course, some of the questions you asked about when am I ready to accomplish certain things in my career? And those are great questions because it's something that needs to be asked more often. So I'm going to start out, I'm going to be a little unconventional here and I'm diving right into RJ. Okay. Because you're, you're someone that you've got 30 years military experience. Okay. You were in the army first, you were in special forces with the army, correct? And then you transitioned out and decided, now I'm going to go into the air force and I'm going to become a PJ, which is one hell of a program. I mean, you're talking about tier level operators. You're in the top two, if you're in the PJs, right? So the things you been able to experience. We're not going to talk about combat. What I want to talk about is your experiences growing up in that profession, in that line of work, because the combat side is something that's sacred to you. That's not something that you need to share with everybody, but the experiences you had coming into these programs, the indoctrination that got you to where you're at today, and then, of course, the moments of happiness and sorrow that you might have experienced, I think those are messages that resonate better, in my opinion. So let's talk a little bit about you. 30 years ago, you jumped into the military head first. You didn't even think twice about it. You did it blindly in a sense. And it took you on a journey from there. Yeah, actually, uh, my dad, I grew up watching my dad fly some of the world's uh, best fighters on the planet, uh, all the technology in the world. And, and as I was growing up, they were like, what do you want to be? And I always said, yeah, I want to be a fighter pilot. Like You're too dad. tall. You're too tall. Yeah, right. Okay. That's why Goose was a Rio, just so you know. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and my dad ended up on this accident board and there was something that was not a pilot error. That, okay. And uh, at a young age, that really hit me. And I said, well, I don't mind dying for my country, but I want it to be my fault. Yeah. And I, after that, within about a week, I saw a commercial for special forces. And I know that sounds corny, but uh, I started looking into special forces and the mm -hmm. army and how um, they would go to all these countries, small teams, force multipliers, and uh, 
you had to rely a lot on yourselves. If you made a mistake, you knew it right away. So yeah. that attracted me. Okay. So you, you enjoyed the fact that at every turn there was an obstacle in a sense, and you had to overcome that obstacle. And that's not something many people 30 years ago, or even today, let's say in, in, in of course the gentleman's cases here with uh, Connor and Dylan, you know, you guys jumped into the Ranger battalion right out of high school. Essentially, you went into the military, did your indoctrination through boot camp, and then of course walked into the 75th. And we're going to get to that, of course. But with you, 30 years ago, how long did it take you to transition into the special forces? Was it a different time frame? And, and as far as a process goes, um, it wasn't what you jumped into immediately, or was it where you knew you were heading right then and there? Yeah, there was there was a couple different paths I could have taken to get into special forces, mm-hmm. and the one I wanted to take, uh, or initially thought I was going to take, was I was going to enlist in the army, mm-hmm. two year Airborne Ranger guaranteed contract, and when my enlistment came up, uh, so it was a long time ago. Oh no uh, no 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 no. Yeah, when yeah. my enlistment came up, uh, you know, I'd give, be given the option I can stay in. Hey, send me to special forces school, and I will stay in. Yeah. So that's the path I thought I'd go, but I ended up. Uh, kind of relenting a little to my parents will and i somehow with no grades i got a scholarship to a military school and it outstanding was early commissioning program okay so i took the two years uh was a cadet at new mexico military institute mm-hmm. and then i went right into the special forces guard uh out of west virginia they gave me a chance sent me to school and uh you know that's how i got into it so special forces itself Berets, Rangers, Delta, where did you end up in that side of the world? Were you in the Delta or were you actually in the Berets or how did it work for you? No, so I just, I stayed in Special Forces for a very long time and okay. I was in 2nd Battalion, 19th Special Forces. So okay. to be clear, I've always been in the Garden Reserve. Got it. I've done a lot of contract work in yeah. the civilian profession. Sure. My anchor in the military has always been either in the guard or the reserves. Okay. And then of course the PJs came about. And at what point in your career in the army, did you say it was time to get out and it was time to try something different? You know, actually I was very content. I had a great time in special forces, a lot of good mentors and uh, a lot of good opportunities. And I tried to take advantage of all of them. And on the civilian side is they came down and said, Hey, you've got to get out. This is post nine 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it was 2002 and they said, you have to get out. And I was like, well, I like it. You mm-hmm. know, why can't I stay in the guard? And they said, look, you can't be deployed for a year. You're already deploying with us. Yeah. You're one combat zone ahead of your unit. Like, okay. it's, it should be a no-brainer. Yeah. But I, I like the military. So I looked around, and I found that the PJs were deploying for one to three months okay. a pop every yeah. three years. And I was like, man, that sounds great. Uh, jumping, scuba diving, medicine, all the three things I love yeah. in, about the military and uh, a lot of shooting packages. And they just had kind of the best of what I wanted in Special Forces. And uh, so... I, Coming from that foundation and going into the PJs, it seemed like a really good transition. You talked about your mentors, and you had several of them, obviously, that were were huge yes, influences on you. And I think that's something that uh, you know Dylan and Connor are now starting to value is the fact that mentorship, uh, you know, has a place and a purpose, especially in this profession, because in the fire service, it's the mentors that help get us from point A to point B in most cases. Um, let's talk about some of the good experiences with your mentors, and even some of the bad that led you to make decisions. You know, maybe some of the mistakes you made and those mentors were there to pick you up and just pick some things that might resonate with people listening right now what do you think could be some of those messages wow 
Uh, there's so many mistakes. Where do I start? No, I don't, you know, we all make mistakes. Hell, I made mistakes all day long and was like, yeah, you know what? I'll double check on that. And trust me, teaching pump ops today, I, I was a, a fluent fuck up. Let's just be honest with you. It's okay. Yeah, I think, uh, wow. Um, uh, I think early I was in with a group of, you know, half our special forces teams in the late eighties, mm-hmm. which is when I got in. They were Vietnam vets, yeah. and man, did they hit it hard. Um, different they, mindset, they, different tactics, different yeah. training, different yeah. everything. Work hard, play harder, Yeah, uh, and I started to play a little too hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Maybe we've all been there, but uh, sure. I certainly yes. was uh, one of those guys, and uh, I got humbled early and often. Okay. Uh, I probably, I haven't even told these guys this. I, one of my first teams I was on, I got kicked off because really? instead of showing up on time, I woke up in a really place I should not have been and okay. uh, showed up and the team commander looking back, um, he was uh, by the rules guy. Yeah. And, and that wasn't very often in special forces, but I look back at that time and realized he made the right call. And he did exactly the right thing because I walked away from that knowing, hey, man, there's rules you have to follow and, and mm-hmm. some you can bend a little and some you can't break. Yeah. And uh, it was it was in the time it was in probably the early 90s when that was transitioning and it wasn't OK to have DUIs and ha ha ha. You mm-hmm. know, it was, alcohol was a, a no go at that point. Yeah. And uh, I learned early right away. You were so, given an opportunity to succeed. And in a sense, they discharge you to learn a greater to learn a greater lesson in the end. Okay, so that's a huge accomplishment right there. I mean, you think about how many people get exited from the fire service and guys, you're brand new into this. What I'm trying to say is there are plenty of people that walk through the door day one of the department of their dreams and they're out within three to six months because they can't meet the expectations of that department. The biggest issues we see, and I think RJ can relate to this in ways, is that we don't take the responsibility we have seriously enough when we're expected to show up to serve every third day of our lives. And it's sad that when we fail to rise to that expectation, people sometimes let it slide. It manifests and creates a bigger problem for the people around you, not just yourself, okay? And so if you're not a cohesive member of the team, the unit, the family, think about that for a second as well. Your family is affected by your bad decisions. Absolutely. My wife was as much as I was when I was fucking my life up in the fire service. It's that moment where that clarity hits, that switch flips, like we talked about earlier when I was one foot out the door and my chief and my administrator and my HR director and the assistant chief and all of them were there saying, you know, we're ready to push you out the door. There was accountability and onus that kicked in right then and there and it put me into high gear and RJ was given the opportunity to learn that through being kicked out of an opportunity. And then it turned you around. And where did you, where did you pick up from there? So I was sent to the, relegated to the training team and I was like, okay, this is humble pie, you know, one. Yeah. Um, And I had to look myself in the mirror and say, look, you either want this or you don't. And you either straighten up or you're out. And uh, so, like I said, I really, uh, he's actually a two-star general now. Really? Jim Hoyer. And uh, if he was here right now, I'd thank him. You should thank him. a lot. You should thank him. Like I thank Chief D every time I get the chance to see him. Jack Philman, rest in peace. I thank him for not ever giving up on me. My captain, Craig Gilligan, who I see now daily when I'm in training and I get to work by him. You know, we were competing for the same job earlier this year to become captain of training, and I lost it by a few points. He got it ahead of me. 
I was so honored by that because I knew he deserved it. And I'm going to tell you why he deserved it. It's because he knew when not to give up. Okay. He could have taken the low road and simply just washed his hands of me when that opportunity was presented. Right. You talk to Nate Carnes, for instance, and think about it. The man who was going to fire him is the second in command at the state fire college that I work at. Okay. His son is a firefighter with me in Lake County. All right. I don't get the opportunity to see Addison often. I don't get the opportunity to mentor him as much as I'd hoped to have had that opportunity, but he's got a great lose. One of my best friends and works with Addison daily to get him on track. Hard headed as Mark says he is, he is Addison is a hard headed little shit, but he's a good kid and it's okay. These are lessons you learn over time. Eventually, you're going to break down that wall, that barrier. You're going to figure out what you need to do to advance yourself. And again, that whole premise behind it is because you had mentors guiding you. Okay. And we can delve into mentorship in so many different ways, but you hit it right off the mark, right off the get go with being fired. You were fired. You were told you're no longer worthy to be here and then sent back to the training regiment, essentially to reset your mind. And it did everything you needed to push forward. 28, 27, 25 years later into your career, I imagine. Absolutely. So that being said, the general that you would thank today, the two-star, he did your greatest gift. He gave you the greatest gift you could have ever been given. So walking out of the military, now you guys are young, all right? Uh, Dylan, Connor, 26. okay, 27. 26, 27, <laughs> a year apart, almost Irish twins, basically, yeah. okay? <laughs> you guys... You, you have a father, okay? Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, right? Yes, sir. He's a certified firefighter. He's been doing this close to 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. 1988. He was also in the Air Force. He was a firefighter as well, wasn't he? Yes, sir. So this is nothing new to you. You grew up in service. You understand the concept of service. You talked about what led you to get into the military. You know, coming from Texas, that's one of the biggest states that put special operators, I think, out onto the market. Okay, Texas is a huge military state. You think about what Marcus and his brother, the Luttrell brothers, went through. The man that beat their asses as teenagers, okay, and was ranger-minded, mind you, okay? That guy was a ranger, remember? Oh, yeah. You read the book. I know you've read the book. The, 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 the movie movie is great and it serves the purpose, but the book is what I enjoyed the most. Okay. The messaging in that book served the greater, the greater, the greater purpose, excuse me, as I stumble through that one. Um, the, the point I'm trying to make is they had a mentor in their corner that pushed them into the service. You guys had the same thing. You were wrestlers, you were football players, right? You were Texas boys, you were steers, you were ready to go. And then you walked into the military right out of high school, a year apart from each other. And you made that decision on your own. You didn't get forced into it. You chose that path at a young age, not unlike RJ, who was fascinated by the concept of service. So, focusing on you. Hit me. Okay, I'm gonna ask you real quick, what were some of the greatest takeaways you had from the ass whoopings you got as a teenager from your mentor that led you into special forces? Oh man, I still feel like he's still giving us those whoopings today, Okay, <laughs> you know, which is great because, you know, our dad's still our other best friend for sure. We, we look up to that guy more than anything. And, uh, it was just going into Ranger Regiment was so Physically, it was a huge shift, and what you're expected of on a daily mm -hmm. basis, day in and day out, is a is a huge shift. But the standards that you're forced to keep mm -hmm. on a daily basis, and how you carry yourself, and you blast those boots, you tuck in that shirt, you wear your beret correct, whatever it is, none of that was new. Mm -hmm. Even the hospital corners on your bed in basic training, 
that's none of that's new. I I was I was helping other kids, you know what I mean? So things like that is I remember very fondly as a kid, you know, that's just Oh, dad being particular about these little freaking things. He made me mow the lawn twice, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's just because the first yeah. one looked terrible. So things like that, that, that sticks with me forever. And I'll raise my kid the same way that one day. And, and just the standards that he would uphold in, in the Curtis household on a daily basis mm-hmm. is what made the military. I mean, for the most part compared to others, much easier for us. Okay. I mean, I, we didn't have that kick to the face when we left for basic training oh yeah, yeah what guys were yelling at us and in our face and okay well my dad makes a much meaner face than this drill sergeant does i'm much more scared of that guy than i am you so yeah i'm gonna say yes sir roger that and i'm gonna carry on but my dad's been doing this to me for 18 years so you, you know? were already kicked into gear oh yeah. both of and, you were kicked into and, gear and that and that also plays in from from the wrestling mentality is you're yeah. out there by yourself and and our wrestling coach growing up in high school he had a bit he was when my dad wasn't there and we were away from the house well he picked it up right where it left off and yeah then we're right back into it by dinner time you wow know? yeah so, so you weren't fucking around yeah, exactly. yeah and then not only that when you have a brother that's a year and three weeks older mm-hmm. than you that's kicking your butt in the living room every day you know what i mean that's yeah. another that's another stressor that i had that that Okay, well, it's either rise or die. So, yeah, sink or swim. Thing. He's the best wrestling partner I've ever had to this mm-hmm. day. He's the best training partner, best workout partner. He's my size. I look eye to eye with the dude. You know what I mean? And he knows everything about me. So. How does he have the better mustache, though? Man, well, I took mine after all the COVID. I had it twisted up real nice. Oh, I kept having to wear an N95 God. everywhere I freaking went. So I was uh, I was going through stash, uh, stash I, salt like crazy. I survived. So. I survived. Man, I guess I put I, too, too, too early, you, maybe, Rangers but, uh, never... What's the que- the credo of the Rangers? Rangers never die. Rangers never quit. Something like that. I'm just yeah, saying. Just, yeah, you know, if... if like the yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, if we're going to go... If Matt Best is listening ever. I just wanted to hear, okay, a Ranger gave up on his mustache, Matt. I just well, want you to know. If I was okay. a Ranger regiment, I'd be pretty clean shaved, looking nice and right anyway. Yeah. But does Matt but, Best uh, have a clean face right now? No, he's wearing a beard and looking like a stud. Okay? <laughs> so, come on. What's your I'm excuse? Working on it. I'm working on By the next time we're back here, it'll be it'll be full and ready to oh christ almighty (laughs) oh god dylan i swear you know 26 and 27 and this is the saddest moment of my career right here i gave up my mustache because of an n95 god damn sir i wore this thing under an n95 i just failed to wax it. i gave up waxing for almost seven months that was giving up for lent okay that was my lent right there thank you very much i I did trim it a little don't get me wrong i am grateful that i didn't have to cut it because i don't think i'd ever grow this beast again all right let's just call it what it is call it what it is all right now connor i'm focusing on you okay we're zeroing in on the man with the mustache over there you're a year and three months ahead of him you started your career in the military ahead of him you guys ended up in the same not battalion per se but you were in the same base right you were a floor separating each other you didn't deploy at the same times but you were both rangers together and you got to learn some cool things ahead of him what did you share with him aside from the constant ass whoopings you probably gave him yeah so uh little things here and there really like um this guy was mowing what do we live on just under an acre yeah, almost like. Okay. I had, I had this guy mowing just under an acre with a rucksack on. With a rucksack. Just down and back, down and back. Damn. I wasn't, I wasn't doing okay. that before I left, you know, and I was just yeah. like, make sure you get all your blisters before you step off. Harden man. those feet. Harden those oh, feet. Yeah. yeah. Things like that. And um, for the most part, it was just to tell him, like, 
how much fun you're going to have. Okay. That might sound weird. Some of our buddies that, that were in as well, but it's like we had our dad that raised us and instilled all this knowledge. Absolutely. You know, this a grit and work ethic into us. Then we, uh, then we met, um, Andre, which was our mentor. That was the Ranger. Okay. Jumped into Panama, all that stuff. Yep. Grenada, Um, Panama, all those great eighties conflicts. Yeah. The wonderful um, jungles. mm -hmm. And he, um, kind of, he kind of paved the way for like what is to come. Mm -hmm. You're going to go to basic, you're going to go to infantry school, you're going to go to airborne school, stuff like that. Yep. Um, so when I started doing these things, I I was just telling like, man, it's exactly what he was saying. Yeah. it sucks at times, but the the feeling you get when those are behind you, yeah, there's nothing better. So at you, all. you walk into standards day one, right? And I'm sure there was a level of hesitation, maybe a concern, maybe a slight bit of fear. No different than when you probably walked into Ranger indoctrination or your Ranger process, mm-hmm. because it can only go one of two ways. You're either going to succeed or you're either going to fail. Mm-hmm. All right. Failing to the point where you quit, not failing in the process, because RJ, did you fail through the process many times? Oh, yeah. I mean, you kind of have to, and and but you don't quit. That's, That's the, the point, right? So you learn from your mistakes, you do not repeat them, and you drive on. Absolutely. So back to you then, Connor. The point I'm trying to make is, and I'm sure Dylan can probably add to that, you were ahead of him even in standards for that matter, were you not? Yes. Fire okay. So you've kind of done everything just in front of him. So in a way, you kind of are a mentor to your brother. You don't realize it, but you are because you've given him all the steps to success, just like your mentors did for you. Harden the feet, get the rucksack, get your cardio, get this, get that, get the mindset, okay? You didn't walk in a defeatist, but you walked in with a little bit of hesitation, I bet. And you were probably a little nervous, like not knowing what to expect, even though you grew up in this profession with your father, even though you knew that this was a calling, a career, a passion, Mm -hmm. a pursuit. The bottom line at the end of the day, did you wonder if you were going to make it out the other end at any time? So that was my, uh, probably my biggest fear. Um, it wasn't, I don't know, nerves and fear. I, I separate and it was okay. more fear because I had, I was wearing my dad's gear. Okay. I had been wearing it since I was a little kid. Right could on. never fit into it. And then finally I was wearing it in standards. In standards. Living you know, in your father's shoes, essentially. With my last name, you know, yeah. on the back. And that to me is greater, that last name to me is greater than anything okay. in the world. Okay. And um, so going through that, I had to come home, living in a house with homeboy over here this guy and your surfing buddy oh yeah yeah yeah. okay ride or die so i have to come home and and you know i couldn't show weakness i couldn't be like you know oh man you're you know you're gonna hate it it's gonna suck there was no way yeah every day i like didn't want to leave i had you know my instructors Mm -hmm. out there i just i love listening to their stories the way another reason why i work for deland a lot of those guys were from deland yeah so to, to see them their cohesion, all that. It reminded me of the home we just left from regiment. Yeah. You know, you could tell like they really wanted to, they, they wanted to keep, you know, they had to teach us, but they still had that side where they're like, man, these guys, they're good buddies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that just, I was so intrigued by that. And You know, most people don't realize the land is an iconic department in central Florida, much like Orlando, not on a broad scale though, in a mm-hmm. sense, because you know, Orlando is an epicenter for large departments for cities, of course, but the land has well over a hundred years of tradition and pride and integrity and, and honor that revolves around that department. And we talked a little bit about the Smoke Diver program. And, and of course, in the early days when Smoke Diver was the program, and we're talking the Junior, Dan- uh, Junior James version of the program, 
in order to get hired by the city of Deland, you had no choice but to go to Smoke Divers, right? And so that is something that I thought was pretty incredible because how many other departments were requiring that at the same time? That always intrigued me, that too. You I know? that little bit of history and that's one thing. It's like, I didn't want to be somewhere that everyone you know, it's easy, you know, and I'd love to bring that back one day, mm-hmm. you know, and have that edge. And that's where I think people like Nate Karn are, they're doing their best day in, day out. And I can feel it, you know, it's changing, the tides are shifting and with the new guys that are coming up, yeah, we're already this close and it's, it's good. good well, things. you know, we talked about how Nate's influencing the culture. I haven't seen Nate since March. Okay. That was okay. Uh, one of my last pre COVID interviews. Gotcha. Okay. Right, and right. we did it at Sweet Licks. We did it into land. Um, cool. My father's joint. It's no longer there. He, he decided to get out of the Froyo business. He survived COVID and said, I'm done. I'm uh, 70 years old. Yeah. You know, he's done. He's happy. Right but it was one of the best interviews I had aside from being able to sit with guys who have 30, 40 years in this profession and, and listen to them and pick their brain. And the reason is because Nate and I resonated on levels that I never imagined with his failures and his shortcomings and his unwillingness to acknowledge the importance of a career and allowing things like outside and extracurricular activities to direct him down a path of self-destruction, okay? And Nate was one foot out the door as well, and look what he turned around. And I don't put Nate on a pedestal because he became a smoke diver. I put Nate in a pedestal because, on a pedestal because Nate believes in evolving the culture of a department like DeLand, and he's not alone. And he puts the effort in every day to make that happen. Smoke diver is the accomplishment, but the greater accomplishment is changing the mindset of that department for the better and getting back to the old ways in a sense of thinking things through innovation and a new way of acceptance and moving forward. Right. You know? Yep. And uh, to Dylan could attest this as well, you know, he um, he's a guy I remember the first time in standards, he actually said anything to me. He was like, he's like, hey, man, I heard you're in the military or whatever. And, uh, and he was like, I could see his like leather helmet and everything, you know? And then he's yeah. like, yeah, I almost joined, you know, but I, you know, I joined the fire service right after. And, you know, that little talk with him after seeing the stair climb with us on 9-11 and just how his passion and everything, you know, to this day, I'm like, he probably, he should have joined. He, (laughs) yeah, he would have done fine. He would have done fine. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, hindsight's 2020. And then who knows what that would have done where he's at now, you know, and without knowing that his past like that from this, yeah, from this channel, you know, and this podcast, people look People look at him and it's hard to be like, man, God, he just done everything perfect his whole career. Right. He's just a stud and, you know, he's, you know, but like knowing that it kind of, you know, takes the layers off. It's like, man, this, you can, anyone can do this. You just got to get after it. Get be after human. it. Dude, be a human. Be yeah, a human. Okay. Even though he's, he's a little different than a human. That uh, guy, he's wired man, differently. Don't get me wrong. He's oh, wired differently. Oh, Definitely you know. wired but aren't we all wired a little differently in this room right now, sitting across from each other in a sense, we're not wired like a nine to five person. Let's be honest. Okay. Definitely. We're wired with a sense that we will give of ourselves before we will lose. Right. And that's the bottom line. And that's paying the sacrifice. And that is still a loss at the end of the day. And don't get me wrong. It's a hard loss to pay for because of the impact. The bottom line is it's a selfless sacrifice that we're willing to make for others that we don't even fucking know. And how many people are willing to do that and step up that service? 
service. And that's what the military is as well. And I'm grateful for the experience I had in the fire service. I could have gone in the Marines myself. I was ready to sign the paperwork. I was ready to go become a jarhead, become a fireman in the military, like some of my friends were ending up going to do. And one ended up being deployed and got into an air wing, I guess, and did his thing. I don't know. He talked about it. He became a sergeant and retired after 20 plus years. But at the end of the day, I don't regret one thing about getting into the fire service because I knew that's where I needed to be. It was just the journey getting to where I'm at today that's been the experience. And that's, man, I'm going to tell you something in the highs and the lows, the peaks and the valleys and every bit of it. And there's nothing wrong with sharing that humility, that side of yourself that people often think doesn't exist. The point I'm trying to make is you look at people out there that walk that line of perfection. I have that white picket fence lifestyle on social media. I'm perfect because I want you to believe I'm perfect. Well, what are you really putting out there at the end of the day? All right. I could do anything I want to do with my life. I chose a path. I've made my mistakes. I have paid my debts. I have plenty more to pay. I'm not done paying those debts yet. But at the end of the day, I know that if you don't acknowledge those moments where you were at your lowest point, you're never going to achieve anything better. You're going to live in that. RJ understands that. I can tell just by the look in his face. He's smiling right now. He's so quiet, RJ. He's the pipe hitter of pipe hitters in this room right now. Oh, no yeah. ifs, ands, or buts. All right, Dylan. You followed in your brother's footsteps into standards. You watched him go through that process. Your emotional state walking into this profession. You wanted to be like your dad or you wanted to accomplish things on your own terms. Where were you at when you walked through the door? Well, first of all, I, I think, again, I think Connor would agree with me. If I end up being a quarter, a, a quarter or a half or any amount that anything my father is, okay. that, I'd die a happy man. Okay. That, that man to this day is everything that we strive to be on a daily basis. So always being towered by that. But mm -hmm. when it was me starting, you know, beginning standards and seeing my dad's path, us growing up and, and seeing my brother's path the year before, game on. You were it's, ready. It, yeah, game on. You were ready. I wasn't, I wasn't near, especially coming from Ranger Regiment and, and just... I, and just being ready to start something else. I before that I was so still I'm a, a head wrestling coach at an, at an MMA gym, and it was that, and it was beginning to train for uh, for triathlons, and I was starting to compete in jujitsu again mm -hmm. and doing these different things because I could tell I was like, okay, I've been doing some school. I, I knocked out EMT right after the military, which again, if any any military veterans out there guys that are just separating emt program was the best especially as an infantryman coming from range regiment emt program was the best transition out of the army i could have ever made all that right was, tell me why expand on that because that's interesting yeah so for that was my biggest fear was i wasn't sure how stupid i was okay <laughs> you know, I was okay like, i'm a really Amen, good brother. ranger <laughs> right I'm right a cycle I, I know one thing nice. I'm a really good ranger nice. i take orders well okay i prided myself in somebody saying hey go get me the xyz and i'll i have no idea where find I find me at, a canooter gonna, valve I'm and gonna, make it happen i'm gonna figure something out <laughs> yeah or I'm gonna i got gotcha. you ask the right guy or tell 10 people to go find me something and, okay. someone, and i'm gonna get it done so all of these things, I knew I was good at those skills, and I knew I was I was a leader. Regiment taught me how to truly be a good leader and uh, and to put a plan in place and and have people follow you. Um, 
And when I got out, I was like, okay, that's all great. I can I can do the oral all day. Yeah. And I, I can sleep in anything. <laughs> but You're good. When You're it good. Comes down to a, when it comes down to a test on paper mm-hmm. and studying for and applying myself to this thing right in front of me with my two hands and eight hours of class, I was like, man, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know where I'm at right now. You were lost. I, yeah, I, I hadn't taken a real test since high school, really. No you know? joking. So, I mean, there was like our little demolition test when we were kind of stacking some, uh, you know, you're making a push charge for a door or something like that, and you're yeah. doing your little little math here and there, whatever. I was like, okay, well, I'm making it. I'm making it work. So going into EMT again, a lot of those guys were firefighters that were teaching on their off days and things like that. So uh, already much like Connor was saying about the, the fire standards instructors that were out there. I was like, okay, I see some like-minded people here. These guys seem cool. All right. Maybe I can take a little bit of a deep breath. Let's see what, uh, see what this is about. So, um, and then half of it, all the trauma from the T triple C from the military was a lot, a lot of review. So I was like, okay, easing into this a little bit. Yeah. We're okay. I, I think I'm going to be all right on this first test. Maybe the second one I'll be okay too. And it was just easing into things that I wasn't so like, Hey, remember calculus? <laughs> like, you know, it was like <laughs> calculus. Right, off, right off the bat. You know what I mean? It was easing my way into, here's a little bit of familiar information. Here's something a little bit new. Okay. And then I fell right into it. I started loving it and and started getting really curious. And that's when I found a whole nother, Man, this EMT EMT stuff, the EMS side, yeah. man, is is pretty sweet. I was a knuckle dragger as a ranger, like I mean, as a as an infantryman. But man, I'm I'm really digging this the the EMT side of it too. So throw the hose into it and become a knuckle grinding hose dragger yeah, exactly, at this point, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's the plan. So um, yeah, it, like I said, it was just a really good transition. I, I've been talking to a, another buddy of mine that. Um, that I grew up with in regiment and he's getting out now. He's been in for nine years and, uh, just came back from his last deployment. He's finally throwing the towel in and he's, uh, he's going to the fire Academy. He's doing EMT and I've been, he's been calling me every other day, asking me questions and Hey, how is this? How does this go? What is this like? And, and it's awesome for me to like, especially somebody I care about so much to do so many deployments and, and, you know, he got hurt real bad on one of his deployments. He came back. We're happy to have him here. And, uh, to see him start to make that change that I made, you know, only a couple years ago yeah. is it's awesome to see. And I'm like, you're going to have a good time, man. All this right. Is, we're doing it right. So, so let's talk about that transition out because oh, you, yeah. you hit on something very, very meaningful there with why EMT school was relevant for you coming out of the military, but the transition out itself can't be easy. Just like the transition out of the fire service after a career. Um, you, you know, that that's one of the hardest transitions for most to make, because when you lose that cohesion, that bond with your brothers, your sisters, your family in the fire service, you lose a lot. You don't have that every third day experience or that every deployment experience or those training stories to share and relate with people anymore. When you get out of the fire service, it's a lot of the same. You get people out there that stay engaged in teaching and lecturing, and they don't give it up because the hardest thing to do is not being able to relate to another human being. So people coming out of the military, 
military with no path, I'm sure, in the same mindset, who can they relate to when they come out of the military? RJ, you've got 30 years, you're still a reservist, and you haven't given up. You still do contract work. You still do the work now with brigands, and we're going to get into brigands in a minute and talk about the mission behind it and what it's become. But Connor, let's talk about your transition out of the military, and I want to know where you were and how you felt about coming out of it, the decision you made to say, I was done, and it's ready to do something different. Yeah, that transition uh, still is probably the hardest thing um, I've had to I've had to do because I got out of this unit where everything was it was kind of dog eat dog, you know. Every day someone's you know give you some crap about this or that, and that's what you thrive on because if no one's doing that. Then life's easy, you know. what I mean, like you just. People can wake up every day, go to their nine to five and do this, but it's like you're up no matter how hard yeah. you party the night before. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares how crazy your night was or anything. You show up. You do work. At 530 and sometimes you don't know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Where's your fast rope gloves? Yeah, we're, we're going to do freaking, we're going to fast rope nine times back to back and you're you're going to have the litter. You're going to have the ladder, the 240 deck. What you know? What I mean, it's like the goose. Baby. Okay, the goose. Yeah. There's got to be a symbolic reference here. The goose. Yeah, the okay. M three yeah. Carl Gustav. It's like what most people would call a, a bazooka. You know, okay. it's a big shoulder fired, recoilless weapon that shoots a big boy out of the front, and that thing on on our uh, five foot six, six and a half. Uh, on a good day. Uh, yeah, okay. on a, on a okay. good day, our five foot six and a half frame. Uh, yeah, it's like splinting your whole body and jumping nice. out of a nice. Black Hawk with it. So Okay, all right, I dig <laughs> it, I life. dig it. That's the life. Yeah, sure. well, it's the life you chose, obviously, and what comes 100%. with it is what you deal with. You embrace the suck, as you hear so many times in the movie reference, the yeah. suck, you yeah. embrace it. Well, that's the literal fucking suck right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so you fast rope nine times with the bazooka on your back, okay? Yeah, so like that's what, you know, no one, like I said, no one cares what you did the night before because... The whole platoon is out doing it too. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, nothing new about drinking in the military or the fire service or being right. a cop or anything True. really in the service industry. We're going to drink. That's how we decompress. You're right. All you're right. right. Full fucking disclosure. Yeah. No surprise. We're sitting here drinking beers right now. My okay. Mom, yeah. uh, and we got a whole bottle of whiskey to possibly go through at the fire. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's just call it what it is. Be sure. honest. Sure. But, uh, okay. yeah, I got out and, um, I almost, God, how, how many months was it after I, I had signed up for classes yeah. at the college and, um, I, I was, I was nervous as hell. Yeah. You know, like he said, I really, I, when it took pen to paper, I was petrified. Sure. That's you didn't know what I, to expect. That's another reason why I joined the military. I was like, I'm not going to sit in another classroom and, you know, bubble in circles, you know? So I remember, I had this buddy from Orlando that said, hey, man, send me your resume. This dude, you know, he wants to give you a contract. Right on. And um, I got an email a little too quick from this guy. And he's like, hey, man, I can have you in Iraq in a, in a week. 180000 What doesn't sound sketch about that? Right. right. Yeah, I'm like, sketch? okay, you're filling some dead dude's boots, basically, you yeah. know, or something. It just was way too fast. But I was, I was like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this, you know. And uh, to be honest, if it wasn't for my family, mm -hmm. I would have, definitely. And You might have ended up being replaced by another person who didn't know better. You never know. Never know. You never but, know. Yeah, I mean, I was. I put my head to something, and it's, it's, it's hard to, like, get me off track. Yeah. But for this, you know, I, 
I was like, I'm going to move all my stuff right back to Texas. Okay. Keep mom and dad. I'm going to keep it there. And then, you know, that's it. But you didn't. From DFW. But you didn't. No, I called this this dude right here. That guy. (laughs) Your brother. Right here. Yeah. Imagine that. And um, your ride or die, as we call it. That's right. Okay. And um, I called him and I really, I was just like hoping he'd say, dude, don't. (laughs) Really? You were wanting him to say, don't do it. Yeah. Cause I mean, I just, uh, not to get sappy, but I was with, I was with um, a girl at the time that I had been with since I was like, God, 15 or something. Right on. And that went, she just, she went and moved to Florida, you know, and I moved to New Smyrna for us and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, she had left and I'm like, I got nothing. I'm going back in. That's all I know. Yeah. You you are lost at this point. Oh yeah. And I was like surfing three times a day is what I got out for. Yeah. And it wasn't filling the void. It was not helping at all. You were in a fucking crash course. Oh, I was, it was bad. And and I'm, it's myself in a room, no bigger than this. That's what I was living in on the beach. Rather everyone's dream for the most part. Mm Mm-hmm. But I couldn't hack it. I was leaving every every weekend to go back up to Savannah. Yeah, to hang out with the guys. Yeah, to see I was him. I was still in the army at this point. So yeah, so he got ahead of you, me. even though he got in ahead of you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see so it. It, um, yeah. it was rough. I was all over the place, and um, and he was like, just talk me through it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Let's try this school thing out. And okay. So I went to school. And that was even harder. I yeah. sat there in class, and I I was, I was only what twenty two at the yeah, time, and you were still a kid. I've got a twenty two year old sitting twenty feet from here right now. I was twenty two, and I'm sitting there, and I always I was in the front of the class, in the front yeah. of the professor. I'm sure he thought I was such a weirdo, but I'm there, and I'm like ready to take notes, and that hyper vigilance you were talking uh, about earlier, right? Yeah, and these kids are. And don't mind the dogs in the background. You got to love when the wife walks in. God bless her. The dogs are the the watchdogs. Keep going. It's okay. We don't break. We do. We just push. We push ahead. Push ahead. Um, Yeah, so I'm sitting there, and these kids are on their phone. They're talking, texting the whole class. Yeah. And I'm this professor's not doing anything. He's just sitting there filling a void. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, this dude's he's old, but maybe he can't hear. So I get up, and I... You know, almost get thrown out of class. Mm. I'm like, you know, just, you know, just a bunch of stuff I probably shouldn't have said. Yeah. And then the professor's like, hey, you need to calm down. I'm like, are you going to take hold of this classroom? Or like, you know, you're the captain in here. Like, what's going on? Yeah. It doesn't work like that. No, I guess. not yeah. in the real world. These kids should like be that. doing push-ups. Right yeah. Now. Oh, why are you just, not? Why aren't they moving some earth? Man. I where's was, PT? Yeah, right. Where's PT? Yeah, exactly. And it was bad. It's and so, um, so. and I don't know even what got me through that. I think I started making like decent grades, mm-hmm. and, and that's what kept me. I was like, okay, college is the easiest thing you ever could have done. To yes. be honest, like I was like, wow, okay, you show up. Basically, and get an You're A. Telling me if you show up on time, yeah. Maybe if you show up a little early, they like, hey, I remember this dude. Okay, yeah, like he, yeah. he's tracking, you know, and it just became easy and nothing like the military life. Right, no you way. were expected to fucking show up. You exactly. did or you didn't. It was simple as that. Exactly. You know. All right. Okay. So it, it, it got a little easier, um, but then you still run into problems where I just had to accept the fact that, hey, these kids are going to be on their phone the whole time and not give attention and that's what it is. Whatever. I'm in my own lane here and it's all I can do. So So what broke that spirit then? What changed that mindset? Because there had to be someone, something, or a moment where you realized you had to learn to adapt and overcome. Um, 
us getting back into me integrating back into just normal life. Okay. Just having him around. Okay. Which was, you know, he was, I was really amped on, he was getting out. Yeah. He was going to be moving down. So I was like, all right, these 18 year old kids can do whatever they want. You're not worried about them. I got bigger things, better things. And that's when Briggins started taking off. Briggins was, um, we were still playing music at the time because we were still playing shows and surfing. Right. Yeah. And skating a lot. And, um, we were starting to play shows still in Savannah, but we were starting to put some stuff together to play down here. Okay. Um, so that kind of took my, I really needed to focus my energy on that. And that, that did help a lot. Good. Definitely. All right. Well, I think it's time we talk about brigands and that's where I found you guys. <laughs> Didn't know what the three of you looked like until this evening, to be very honest with you. I, I love that. We talked about the authenticity of brigands and the fact that you, you guys bring the humility to the site because you think about this for a second, you mask yourselves in a sense, you're not there for the imagery, you're there for the purpose. And I love that about brigands. I love the fact that you silence the face or the eyes, which are the telltale of a person, in my opinion. So let's talk about what brought you into Brigands. And then we'll get to RJ, obviously, and how you met him in New Smyrna <laughs> Beach. Okay. Right. And and I heard that's a great story. So this is where the humor side will come out. But Brigands. Got to get rowdy. No, let's <laughs> rowdy. We've got, we've got a whole case of beer. I think we've got plenty of whiskey and a full tank of gas. We can get to Chicago. Yeah, all right. Just all right. like the Blues right. Brothers. All right. right all right. Let's push <laughs> forward then, guys. Let's talk about Brigands. Who wants to open that subject? Why? And then what brought you to today? And that's not going to be in one sentence. So okay. we're going to open oh, this yeah. shit up. Oh, yeah. Kick it off. So, man, Brigands, um, I would say kick it back to 2015, somewhere around there. Connor was getting out. Um, I was living off post at the time at this is Hunter Army Airfield in Savannah. Okay. Um, so again, he's on his little journey civilian wise. I'm in training cycles. I'm gearing up for future deployments, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I was playing, you know, music around Savannah with other guys, a couple civilians, people from SCAD, you know, Savannah College of Art and Design, and some of those weirdos that I loved the day I die. Um, it was awesome. Just kind of, I was, it was, it was really lame not having him around. But at the time, it's like, well, Connor's not around here anymore, so I better hang out with somebody. Got to do know? something. So, yeah, got to so do I'm something. Music and yeah. doing this and doing that. Yeah. And. and Brigands was originally like, so the term brigands, it's not really thrown around super often. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a good term when you're, when you're speaking of it, when you're calling somebody a brigand, it's usually some, it's usually derogatory. It's, it it's, it's from the, you know, it's describing thieves and robbers that stole and robbed at gunpoint in the mountains and, and okay. their, their mountain warfare was uncanny. It was, it was untouched and, and these guys could move really well through the mountains and their communication and the way they would, they would go at people was, uh, was hard to create. And from the, from old ranger doctrine that a lot of us, Connor and I were, uh, basically forced to memorize and, and to know by heart much with like the other ranger history when we got there as young guys was the Abrams charter written by general Creighton Abrams. Um, and it states in there, I, I, I may not have the exact quote, but it's, uh, you know that they're they're looking for the best of the best to go through these the ranger selections and and to get these fast moving highly motivated soldiers in the ranger regiment and in the battalion and it states the uh 
you know, there will be no hoodlums or brigands or it shall be disbanded. So yeah. we want the best of the best, but we don't want hoodlums and we don't want brigands. And Connor and I, how we operated in regiment was as soon as we got let out for work call, we're getting the surfboards. We're going surfing in Tybee. We're getting skateboards. We're going a hundred miles an hour down Broughton, Broughton street yeah. on our, on nice. our zip zingers, nice. you know, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, New we're Smyrna, sketching on, wherever yeah. the punk show, <laughs> we, it didn't matter. Oh, it yeah. did not matter. Wherever the party was, we're sketching we're on going. buses. Right on. We're, yeah. Know, we're yeah. Just yeah. Fuck yeah. Little punkers in Ranger regiment and just, but that was everyone. Our, yeah. It wasn't like, just, right. You know. Yeah. And, and I get that's, it. That's where it came from was we look around and everybody on the weekend is drinking. They're getting into scuffles downtown. They're coming back from deployments. They're going to deployments. They're, it's a fast moving. The op tempo of Ranger Regiment is insane. So we used to joke all the time, like everyone in here is a brigand. Look around. Everyone made it through the ranks and we're doing just fine. Like, look at everybody. Yeah. And, uh, and that was where we kind of started joking like, oh, brigands, that'd brigands. be everybody in Ranger Regiment knows what brigands mean. Right on. Which is a really weird word to just have a small group of individuals know and nobody else is really very keen on it. But They're, it stands out. Exactly. It's a little something different. So we were like, what, next band name maybe? I don't know. Like, you know, it started out as all these different things and, and in... 1st Battalion, 75th, where we were at in Savannah was, uh, there's your Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta Company, your Echo Company as well. But um, we were like, dude, this is, this is the Brigands Company right here, man. Like, so we started making, you know, making t-shirts like RJ is wearing now. And even the, uh, you know, the the original diamond around Brigands Co. is, is a throwback to the you know, if you've seen Saving Private Ryan, I have. you see everybody with the yep. the gold and blue yep. Rangers. Well, the the Ranger, the original Ranger Diamond. That was um, a diamond, right? Okay. So that's that's originally where the the first logo came from for Brigands Co. And we were like, you know what? Let's just make these T-shirts. We'll sell them by hand, twenty dollars a pop. They say Brigands Co. The guys will get it. Yeah. I don't know. Let's see what happens. And we started doing that, and we had some koozies, and we had stickers, and just random merch just connor and i selling stuff by hand and you know he was in new smyrna so we were back and forth between savannah and new smyrna and bit uh, of a stretch bit of a stretch yeah on on weekends maybe long four-day weekend was game on all that stuff so we started selling these for a 20 dollar bill around rain around uh you know the ranger battalion and i started seeing these shirts you know crawling over new smyrna for a while i was a lot of rangers will uh they'll work the door at clubs in savannah on the okay. weekends for some extra cash or yeah. whatever and uh, they'll go bar back somewhere and these guys were wearing they were wearing white brigand shirts to the gym and black brigand shirts working the door Sweet. so we were like dude people are people are kind of about it that's that's cool to have the backing and uh we ended up taking it to social media because they people who were buying the shirts from me and from Connor, they knew who we were. Sure. They knew how we operated as Rangers. They knew how we carried ourselves and they knew they knew how inseparable we were as brothers and they knew what we stood for personally. And when we took it to social media, um, is when we really found hey, there's people that are really reacting to this. Mm-hmm. If if you look at our our social media page, it's or our Instagram is very cut and dry. It's black and white for a reason. Yep. Um, it's less is more. We post, we get out. We interact when we can. We answer DMs when we can, but you know, there's not a lot of fluff in there. And what we stand for is less is more, short and sweet. You get it or you don't. 
do your best and move on. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right so, on. Right on. So all of that being said is once we got social media, we started seeing people and getting followers that were like-minded individuals that may not have been military, that may not have been Rangers or, or PJs or any of these other guys, but just people that have integrity, people that are truly living honest lives, hardworking yeah. people that yeah. were like, you know what? These guys don't have F ISIS on their shirt and there are these military companies that have all this going on. These guys are just short, simple. Here's our logo. Here's a whatever picture we're posting up and here's yeah. a little one-liner for you. <laughs> you well, know I, mean? so, I you know, I'll be I'll be the first to tell you I'm guilty to be a supporter of uh, Grunt Style in, in 1776, oh, those you know. Guys are the, awesome. Those guys Grunt are the style. bomb, you know. Those, look look at their body of work. I know. That yeah, speaks look, for itself. Every, well, you know, you know they come itself. those guys come to like every basic training infantryman graduation do they really nine line apparel yeah, nine line i i had the pleasure of meeting yeah. uh matt and um you know when i worked out at the racetrack and and those guys were phenomenal great beards by the way great beards that's <laughs> awesome all i can say sure. uh that bag came from nine line uh the general standard okay that's uh the tattoo i just got recently the the standard i love the the george washington uh aspect of it and in the the birthing of our nation in a way he was kind of a brigand when you think about it you know letting Definitely. leading the revolt in a sense against the sovereign yeah. when you consider it oh, yeah. um but then you move forward into going beyond just selling shirts now now we're moving into a new layer of brigand at a certain <laughs> point is this where rj comes into the picture or is this pre yeah, yeah. pre well, rj this is, this is right around the time so you know it was actually like so that was all 2015 yeah 15, 2016 winter is when we met you yeah. and that yeah, yeah that's okay so, Right around this time, we played around with the with the t-shirts and the stickers, and it was sure. it didn't. I, I felt like at the time is again face value when I'm selling it to these guys. They know they know me, but through social social media and Instagram, and they don't know me from Adam. They don't know Connor. You know, all they don't know what we stand for. So we tried to really come at it at a you know a very objective approach and. And just try and push what we believe in, you know, anonymity, find, humility, yeah, find a way to, to, to send that to the masses. And we got a good response from it. We got a good following. And then we kept this going for another year. And uh, mid 2016, it was it was little brother's turn to separate from the military right and go down. You know, hopefully not an exact path, because like we said earlier, he's he's sitting there telling me, "Don't do this. Have a plan. Yeah, don't do that." You know, I I luckily the day I got out of the military, I had a job in lined Savannah. up, ready to I go. I had a job lined up, ready to go. I was repelling from high rise buildings, cleaning windows. Shit, and, nothing about that sounds fun, right? Oh, no, man. of course not. For me, it was like I was I jealous. Get to, I get to sling that. I get to jump over the edge of this window at you know twenty stories. Yeah. And all I gotta do is wash it. Yeah, exactly. It's like. That's it? And you're going to pay me how much? I could do that. This is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. That. I'd love it. So um, Yeah. Yeah, so little things like that. I had, um, I believe I had six or seven months left on a lease. I was finishing up. And okay. I had, you know, my next goal was get down there with Connor. and Get let's, to New Smyrna. Let's start something. You right know, on. Let's, let's figure out. Let's get back into Brigands. Let's get a career going. Let's, let's, you know, readjust from there. So in Savannah, that was all about me transitioning figuring out what the civilian, how to even work with another civilian at a yeah. new job. And I had my own little rough, rough patch. We won't go into it too much, but as far okay. as getting out of the military, um, a good friend of mine passed away. And that's when I was finally like, you know what? 
I was on the edge with en- re-enlisting mm-hmm. as it is. Uh, my buddy Andrew Amesbury passed away, and once once everything went down that road, I was like, you know, maybe not a bad time to see what college is about. And the military yeah. will always be here, you know, so I can. I, it, it's always something that I'm I'm willing to revisit. So I ended up getting out, working this new job, and as I'm putting things in place for uh, to move down to New Smyrna, Con and I ended up saying, hey, let's wait until we have more time, more money, <laughs> you know, more more money to get back into brigands just so we're not half-assing it, so we're not only giving, you know, one post a month that okay. doesn't really mean much, you know, we, we want to be fully engaged. Well, and you expand on that, though. I mean, fully engaged means now you're you're doing the private contracting stuff in a sense, right? I mean, oh, yeah. We don't have to go into de- you know full details of that, obviously. Oh, no, we, we can here. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if that's we'll verboten that or not. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty quiet work, and, and we're not going to talk about in detail the work that is, but you guys are multifaceted. And not only that, you're trying to break into motion pictures. You're trying to get into that level of the game and bring your military experience, and now your, your up-and-coming fire department experience, which, mind you, you're going to have a full career ahead of you that you'll bring into that realm when the time comes, which is a good thing while you're building that foundation foundation now okay you've got a good pivot point with the fire service but you're bringing that military knowledge with you so let's talk about that transition let's talk about the story of meeting rj and new smyrna yeah this is i'll, I'll let connor take this one after all right our, after our little hiatus we uh that was when connor and i were just enjoying being back together we were down on flagler avenue in new right smyrna on. we're living next door in little 520 square foot one in one apartments yeah. we're next door to each other you know we're borrowing bread from each other nice. back and forth every yeah, day yeah the cup surfing. of sugar yeah, oh, yeah i get it the I whole get it. thing it, it's it's paradise for connor and i so yeah i don't think i wore i wore baggies for like 365 days yeah you wore <laughs> like, baggies it was like, it was yeah. like that's it are you serious yeah, yeah it was, what life was great it was it, it oh was my good. god see it. your version of baggies and mine are totally different okay i'm talking like z cavaricis from my day okay when i think of baggies all right you're talking <laughs> like, board like, shorts like chubbies yeah i don't know if you want to call them chubbies <laughs> Wait, you know are we talking like mc hammer pants here right. come on oh, let's be honest Brian okay baggies sure. all right i'm not talking board shorts but baggies i dig board it shorts. good we're moving forward board then shorts. all right board shorts there's nothing gay about board shorts no no okay way. no um so yeah we're um the night before we all met, we had a face-to-face. Um, we were on Flagler Avenue. Okay. And anyone in New Smyrna knows where Flagler Ave is. And me and two other buddies, we were just having a good time, you know. And uh, we end up, I see this dude put hands on this chick. And it just, that was just, it's fair Set game. you off. Fair game, baby. Yeah, That's don't it. do it. It's yeah. time to end it. And uh, And I was already, I was at that limit. Uh, on the sauce i was like all right i'm looking you know whoever messes up this is it mm-hmm. this dude did that and I look, I look at my buddy that was also a ranger and he knows we had been operating on the streets of savannah since <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean so like yeah he knew if the i my, i didn't have to say anything you were reading kid. each other's minds oh, yeah. it was and done it literally like i i do remember giving him the look and then him like looking at my other buddy that's like not tracking and like it's on and and i get with it and then this big silverado had just pulled up and it was it was like three against five and we took it to him we left him we left him in the middle of the street 
I remember, I forget the bartender's name from Titans came out and like, you know, called the cops and yeah, we were out. There's no, there's, you know, there's no catch. Shenanigans. Is what it is. But yeah. there was a big debacle on the street and we were out of there and what was it like the next day? Mom and dad come to town. Yeah, oh, even better. Oh, oh yeah. what'd you boys do last night? I don't know. We kicked three guys asses, five guys asses. I don't know. Just it was great. The house. We played some music. Right like, on. Yeah. 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 Really yeah. Night. yeah. Really so, um, yeah. Then they came into town and there was like the wine walk. So like oh, everyone's out. Everyone's my mom, my dad, um, my buddy's parents are all walking. Like, you know, we're trying to get them to move here. Is, is the, the olive oil store, is that still there? The oil store there by the beach? Oh, like the rock shop and stuff? Is that right? what that is? I don't know. They sell like different Maybe. versions of olive oil uh, or oils. Oh, I oh, know what you're talking you, yeah, about. Yeah, you, you right literally can the sample them. Yeah, I don't know if they're there anymore. I've seen them at, I, at uh, I don't think they're there anymore, but I've seen them on uh, in their little tent and stuff at Farmer's Market. That's my wife's too. favorite place, okay? That's the right jam on. in New Smyrna, okay? Nice. You go in there, and then, of course, wine, you add that into the mix. We're, yep. we're done. It's a done deal. <laughs> Katie, bar the doors, they say. You're so done. It's, uh, it's all, you know, there's people all over the place, and yeah. uh, I'm like, yeah, I gotta take a piss. And, uh, <laughs> Something and of course, as simple as a piss. Of course, I'm like gonna go right into the bar that I know, which yeah. is Tatum's. Yeah. Where we just, you know, got after it right, you know, the night before. I go in there, and the second I walk in, I can tell, like, this guy's like, he like looks at me, and I'm like, damn it, I'm like, all right. <laughs> he didn't just like, you know, look and look away, you know. He's no, just like, he made eye contact. And so the, every ranger I know is gonna make fun of me. I used to wear this like it was just a baseball cap, and okay. had like, the tab on the back. Yeah. I wouldn't dare be found in Savannah with one of those hats on. No, but like, well, because everyone knows what it is. They either love you or hate you. Oh, period. so you you walk around with a scar already in a sense, right? Uh, yeah, it, yeah so it's a branding it's like, of so sorts. So here it's like they're like, oh, you're a park ranger, and I'm like, oh yeah, man, it's freaking great. I'll tell you about these trees, and you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they don't know. Yeah. Oh, this dude did. Yeah. And I walk in there, and I'm like, all right, take this. I'm like walking out, and he like starts. He starts like taking the angle on me you know nice i'm like oh here it goes man like this dude he was there last night or something he saw it he's paying debt back right right yeah so i'm waiting for like a left hook or something (laughs) um, (laughs) do you know you want to take the story away listen i want to hear it to the point where rj has to take it away okay because there's no other way around this um so yeah so he comes up and I like try and get it outside. You know? Okay. I'm not dumb. I'm not going to fight in the. No, bar. no. You know what I mean? Like, no. Yeah, that's where we get away with that's it. That's where we draw the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, come on. I've been. That's where the Curtis brothers draw the line. We have, yeah, some, we have some decency. Yeah. And we, we, we stand for something, okay? We stand for something. I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. Okay. You know Fair I mean? enough. So Fair like, enough. I was like, all right, okay. Let's get this outside. And uh, yeah, you you know what happened from here? All right. Okay. RJ, take it over, buddy. Take it over. I was like, uh, "Hey, nice hat." <laughs> so that that took the left hook right out of it, right there. That deflated the wind out of Connor's sails, right it the, there. Uh, it was the emotional nice. left hook. He was like, <gasps> "Yeah." Oh. Was I was like, "Well, it's time to retire this hat." Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Someone knows New Smyrna. It. No more. <laughs> so uh, I was like, "Nice hat." And he's like, "Fine." And he was he was, he was like, "Fine." He was super uh, aggressive, and I when you say nice hat to a military guy, like. You know, you kind of are you being sarcastic? Like, right, yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah. yeah. So he was 
pretty aggressive about his response. So okay, I, like, I, okay, I figure. Now, I didn't know he had tuned some dudes up the night before. And oh, was, yeah, so were, he's still riding that yeah. right then, okay. So uh, I was like, okay, an aggressive guy, what are you going to do? And, uh, and But I saw his Ranger tab, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, were you in battalion, or did you go to Ranger school, or both? That, yeah. changed, that changed everything. Because there's a difference, right? I mean, there's the Ranger battalion, and then there's being a Ranger itself, right? You yeah. can have people in the Ranger battalion that never went through the process, right? Right. No, no, opposite. Well, oh, yeah. it's the opposite. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah, so okay. If, if you were in Ranger battalion, you were a true you Ranger. You were a true Ranger. If you okay. went to Ranger school, then... Ranger qualified. Ranger qualified. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay. So anyways, uh, he goes, I was in battalion. I was like, which one? (laughs) And so so now you're just picking his brain. You're like, come on, give me the info. So at this point, yeah, yeah, at this point, he kind of squares off like first bet. What about you? Oh, so you were looking for stolen valor, maybe. You were like, what? No, not Not at all. all. You read him. You read him right. Okay. I could tell the way he was wearing his hat. He was in the military. I got it. I got it. And, uh, and. I said, no, no, I was never in battalion. I, you know, I just went to ranger school. And he goes, how'd you go to ranger school? You know? Yeah. He's like, what the hell did you do? Yeah. And I said, oh, I, you know, I was in 19 special forces and Uh uh, I got, I got lucky and I got to go to ranger school. And then his whole demeanor changed. And he was like, oh "Oh my God. So you calmed down at that point. Oh yeah. At this this point. You're not looking for the fight. Yeah. No, at this point I'm outside and I got three, I got Dylan and I got two other buddies. They're like. Staring oh, at yeah. and they're I'm like waiting for the. They're so like waiting to come the, over. I'm across the street now. You're honed in on your brother with an uh, from across the street. About okay, laying away, and you know it's wine walk, so I'm in the middle of the street. I'm kind of wherever I want. You be, sensed you know? a disturbance in the force, though, so you well, knew something bad was about to happen. Yeah, okay. I saw him come outside plus one. And, oh and shit! The first, yeah, yeah. And the, and the first thing I think, I'm, I'm looking over and I'm I'm nudging my buddy who is you know the guy from the night before who's yep, in battalion yep, with us, and he knows. I'm like, hey, who's Connor with? Picked, Who's that guy? Picked up a buddy. Who's that guy? And, and we're sitting there going, you know that guy? I don't know that guy. You know that guy? And, <laughs> and, uh, well, and I don't know him, but and, you and better I'm be like, ready. Like, well, yeah, Throw down like, time. Let me, let me freaking tie my chucks a little tighter and yeah. get on to it. So <laughs> right on. I, uh, but I'm like standing over there, arms crossed and probably a little wine glass in my hand or something. So we're standing over there and I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't know and, and, uh, <laughs> so and he, Dylan's ready to go. Oh, he's re- oh, he's tuned yes, in ready. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I can yeah. pick up some speed in about a, a car length. You know what yeah. I mean? I I'll like, become the juggernaut. All right. We're good. Yeah, We're I'll good. He was, he was waiting to close distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Connor, Connor looks at me and goes, Hey, hold on a second. And he hey, gosh, waves us over. over. Yeah. Nice, gives nice. Gives us the okay. And we're like, oh, it must be fine. <laughs> you gave I'll, him the high oh, side. Check, yeah, this checks out. This checks out. I was going to say, the what was the gesture? It had to be something specific, <laughs> right? Know, it, was it, was like, like, it was like, it was like, Hey, hey, come over. Oh, <laughs> like, please go, go, come visit. Yeah. Cool. Always cool. see that. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's all good. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, so we put our shivs back in our pockets, and then uh, we went back over there. You tucked it in. Yeah, You tucked exactly. it in, okay. But the funniest thing to me was he said his name was RJ Casey, and he okay. said PJ, right? Yeah. So RJ the PJ, right? RJ the PJ. Okay. Oh, right? that sounds like a cartoon on Saturday it morning, does, okay? but there's a reason yeah. why that clicked with me. When I first, I got my first job at Nichols Surf Shop on okay. Flagler. Yeah. When you came to Florida. Yes. Yeah, so all I right. I used to sleep, I used to sleep there all weekend, mm-hmm. and I'd hope, I'd get up in my board shorts and i would i get the register you, and you can say I'd baggies it's okay we know your I'd, baggies i have mosquito bites all over me and i yeah. open the register and then do my thing my boss was like he knew he kind of knew my background that's okay. one reason why he hired me i was like super fortunate with that guy and he was like hey man 
do you go, do you know a guy named RJ? And this is back when I like early 2015. Okay. I'm like, no, I don't. No, I just like I just moved here. I know you, bro. Like, so small, like, com- small community. I'm oh, sure yeah. you've got veterans, obviously, all oh, over now, New Smyrna Beach. No like, sands or butts, right? Now. But back then, it was a totally different story. No idea. He was like, you know, who the hell's RJ? But he was like, he's a PJ, and I perked up back then. I was like, no ah. way, because like Dylan and I, we love PJs. He actually like trained to be a PJ before going range really for a bit. Yeah, yeah. He was like doing the swimming and all that just was because. The for okay. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I had a friend who went air combat controller. I think we talked about Sick. earlier. Yeah, he's a yeah. firefighter with me in Lake County. The cool thing, and I want to share this story real quick because he's very proud of it. He was, uh, I think he was in Afghanistan and his brother was working on Overwatch, not in a C-130, but in one of the planes that actually did like the radar and the such over over him. Okay, so, you know, he's sitting there doing his thing. His brother was, uh, I think, a major or a captain over that radar group at that oh, point and was actually in the plane. Yeah, so it was a really cool story to hear hear about you know when he shared that with me because he was actually able to talk to his brother with his call sign that one time that one time right and you guys you know the story between being above each other in a sense one above you you know living in the bunks above you rather and 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 being able to share that ranger experience was pretty cool that's why i broke that story out real quick yeah year in uniform i'd say hey what's up specialist curtis specialist (laughs) curtis you had to call him specialist yeah yeah no doubt no doubt made me do push-ups yeah Damn just straight. People were watching. Yeah, you had got, to you had to put on hey, the show. Yeah, because they'd, be like, they'd I be like, it. I oh yeah, smile it on was my cool. Face. It all was right, cool. so RJ the PJ, it hits you in 2015, right? And then all of a sudden, now just a few years ago, 2017, you meet RJ the PJ in a bar, and it was, it and you're about to square out, off with him. Me out, yeah, at yeah. First, and then he like introduced himself, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, I was supposed to like come and meet you like three years ago, you know. It never happened. Like, yeah. like two or three years ago. Oh, well, the fates weren't guy. aligned. Yeah, it wasn't at all. And then I totally forgot. But the name, there's not, we don't know many PJs. You okay. know what I mean? There's not many of them, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And um, I'm sure it's like, a small community. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I, oh my God, what? Yeah, 500, there's, there's about 500 working PJs, uh, Guard, Reserve, and Active Duty. Really? So Just 500? That's a small force, yeah. but a powerful force, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Oh, no yeah. doubt. All over the place, you know? Yeah. So it was it was super cool, and I was like, "Wow, okay, well, finally you got to meet him." And since then, it's been, "Hey, man, I'm getting off work here. He's getting off work there. He's like, hey, let's go have a beer, you know, whatever." Cool. And it just became, "Oh, that's the one dude that I could count on in this town." To be honest, like, yeah, that'll always be there, and like has the same mentality as us, and it was it was a good deal. Well, it kind of sounds like the fire service in the way it should be, right? Oh, for sure. That 2 a.m. phone call you're supposed to get an answer for oh, your brother, man. your sister, it doesn't matter who it is it and why matter. that phone call happens. Walking into a firehouse in a town you're not familiar with and saying, hey, I'm a brother, can you help me? Yeah. Those kinds of messages resonate just no different than the military. You met a person who was like-minded. Whether he's special forces or not, it didn't matter because he went through a process that both of you went through. Right. You share that. You share combat. You share the, the whole boot camp experience. and You share the good and the bad. You can identify with him. And another reason why is he didn't like scream military. That was huge. It's funny how that is for the ones that are most humble about it, right? I I don't think I I own, I 
everything I own is black. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I wear all black and that's it. I wear the same two pairs of shorts and the pair of jeans pretty much all the time. Okay. And I have a closet full of clothes that I never touch. My man. It's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Most of my shirts literally come from grunt style. Okay. And yeah. I'm not joking. I yeah. love those shirts. All right. Yeah. I support the military yeah. community. I support people right that on. serve this nation. Um, I, I don't wear a lot of firefighter stuff. I wear my can man hat every now and then my 52 hat that oh, I wear yeah. on duty. Yeah. You know, this is a Costa hat, but I love doing yeah. that stuff. You know, I'm yeah. simple when it comes to what I wear, but my wife has no problem dressing me. She'll go out and take me <laughs> when I got to dress up for school. She'll take me to Kohl's. We'll buy $900 in clothes there for 150 go. bucks off the clearance there rack. That's go. the way you do it. There you know, you it's That's the way right. you do it. Yes. You keep it simple. The biggest thing with meeting RJ too was, I mean, Connor and I always had each other. We've never, you know, we talk about the funny stuff in the military. We, yeah. there, we've, we don't really get too much into the too much into the war stories or any of that stuff. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We keep it pretty light and, but it was nice to, you know, with it just being me and Connor all the time. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have, to finally meet somebody else in a completely different town. Um, where we were like, Hey, this guy, this guy gets it. You yeah. know what I mean? So that was Connor and I were really good about having a, you know, 12 a pack of beer and yeah. and we would hash it out in the in our own tiny little places on next to the beach or whatever and we always had each other but it was nice to to have a, another a third party you know what i mean to I be do. like hey he's similar but different he's telling us stuff that we're not really sure about because he's not a, another ranger you know but the mindset is still there et cetera, et cetera. so um and again you know we're on a brigands co hiatus at the time yeah. so once we met him, it was all, we were, man, we were full in school and I had just, uh, that was, I had just, I was starting EMT like okay. right when that happened. Cause I got out 2016 mm -hmm. that next semester I got right into EMT, like I said. And, uh, so we're kind of just going down to third wave. We're going to have a couple beers here and there getting to know each other. And that lasted for a couple years. Um, we had talked about brigands, I think. I think you followed our Instagram, and we had filled you in on it. And you know, he showed interest, but it was never. It was. It was always a one. One day, yeah, one day we're gonna come back to that. That's a thing that we did. We're kind of sitting with it in our laps right now. We've got three thousand something followers, people we're that sure were supportive. Sure, we. Yeah. It, he didn't it, know what to do with it. It blew up more than we thought. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be honest, and not blown up like look, look at what we did, but it was. I didn't expect to have even 3,000 people click follow on our yeah. little black and white page, yeah. you know? So even having people DM us saying, dude, I, I don't know where you guys are from, but y'all are pushing a, a, a cool message, a message. And at the very least, you got some cool pictures. Hell <laughs> yeah, yeah, you so do. So I was like, okay. Hell yeah, you do. We're doing something right. So, yeah. um, but again, with Connor and I was always... Okay, I don't want to. I, I don't have a desire to be the next Salt Life or to be the next Quicksilver or any of that. And now those guys are awesome. I I'm pretty sure I've worn both of their clothes. But at the same time, it was where can we fit in to help other people? And now, you know, I I tell Connor being being in the Ranger Regiment is is similar yet very different from okay. being in the fire service. Yeah. The end, the end goal of the job are polar opposites. I right? believe it. Yeah. It's um. So now I, I I see it as you know as firefighters and you know we are in the profession of of serving and helping people. Yes. Ranger regiment, I would say you're in the profession of serving. 
I think you're helping people in a different way. You are. By maybe taking chess pieces off of the board. Sure. To put it lightly. Taking enemy combatants out. It is so, what it is. It's similar but different. You're yeah. helping but in a different way. So It's a different level of combat, a different mindset. Sure, 100%. So that's where um that's where we started Hey, where can we find our niche here? Where okay. this is what we have. This is what we proved. Hey, this worked. This this was Okay, now what does this mean? Where can we go with We got to expand. And, and again, you know, we're this is over couple of years this is the whole time we're getting to know rj we're getting our associates degrees emt fire academy awesome we and then um rj really i guess earlier this year right it was really early this year saying all right guys y'all you are both working you know you're 24 48s at the fire department right yep. now um you're on salary now which is good I, i've been the whole time i was in School. I was working construction. Mm -hmm. That's not fun in Florida. No, shout not out during to those the guys. summer. Hell yeah. Yeah. Shout those, out to those, guys. those and linemen. Yeah. Okay. Have Put my utmost in. respect. Yeah. Okay. Roofers, linemen baby. and roofers, I, contractors. Yeah, I'm good yeah, with. Yeah. yeah. It was school, construction, and coaching two hour wrestling practices. I painted roofs in South Florida in high school. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're talking tile. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking tile roofs. Okay. Right. Gravel that you would carry five gallon buckets up to these flat gravel roofs and you would just lay down layers of gravel and then your boss would get up there. You'd either be the spot man or the paint man and you're on the ground. If you're the spot man, you got to get all the bushes, make sure they're clean oh, yeah. for the spray over. And That's he's up there. Work. We do five, six, seven roofs in a day. Little, you know, eight, 1200 square foot homes in the middle of downtown Riviera beach not a nice place by the way it has its bad side trust me singer island much different environment you know singer island much better it's kind of where i spent a lot of time in the ocean but i remember spending those summers and spring break and those moments out there and it was hotter than hell oh, it yeah. was my worst sunburns ever and yet at the aftermath of it it was such a payoff in the end because it taught me a lot that's it taught how me a our lot. dad got his job basically yeah. being a roofer in texas yeah, yeah. dfw that those guys you know, I don't know the story completely, but I know it came down to the point where, like, the guy that took his application was like, hey, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a roofer. And knowing that he was a roofer, he was like, work hard. yeah, let me take that. <laughs> and then, you know, and yeah. from there, he put a good word in. And But I want to share something with you. And Herb Tyler and I had this conversation in an episode a few months back, and it was... Um, it was talking about the mindset and the background of people that came into the fire service when Herb and I came into the fire service. Okay, we had contractors we had guys with tactile skill you know they could pipe they could plumb they could lay brick they were hard working they had an ethic that ethos of theirs and i'm sure you've heard the term ethos each one of you okay it's there's a mission a purpose behind your ethos their ethos was we start the day we end the day but at the end of the day we finish it strong no matter what right now is a time I feel in the service where we, we don't have that because where are most kids coming from the age of technology? You know, people who choose that line of work that go into contracting, it's it's not the guys like you or I that would go out and try to build something today because we could do that if we wanted to. Don't ask me to swing a hammer. I'm bad at it, but I could certainly do my best, okay? I'm great at destructing and destroying things. I'm great at breaking things, but it doesn't change the fact that the men who taught me how to be a good firefighter were the same guys that worked hard every day, that worked the 
those jobs that they picked up on their own to survive, to pay for fire school, to pay for EMT school, to pay for food on their table. And when they got that job in the fire service, they were so grateful, even though it paid shit, they were still able to do every two days off that job that provided them the opportunity to get ahead. It wasn't the technology, it wasn't the phone, it wasn't the Instagram, it wasn't the Facebook, that comes and goes. It's the purpose behind that mindset that I feel we need to reinstill back in the service and give these kids an understanding of what a screwdriver is sadly yeah. because most people walking in don't even know what a phillips head screwdriver is yeah. yeah that's the that's the biggest thing i mean i probably could have gotten you know a job bartending or something that sure. might have paid pretty good just while i was in school and doing this and that but the biggest thing was i i still wanted to learn something yeah you know i wanted to learn how to install a door or build a set of stairs leading up to my back door or something like that so turns out i stayed there for three years through EMT and getting my associate's degree and right ended up being the best thing. I, and again, makes firefighting even better because I'm not on the construction site. It so. makes you appreciate the fact that and, you have a station to live yes. in and you can relax at points yes. and you can unwind and you can have dinner at the table. You don't have to worry about taking a shower every 10 minutes, right? Because you're out there sweating your ass up. Don't yeah. get me wrong. There are days that are hard. You're going to go out and train. Sure. You're going to go out and train. Six, seven shirts. Yeah. yeah. But you're not doing that every day. Yeah, exactly. You're not doing that every day. I, I used to take pictures at each job that I hated. Yeah. of myself like when the phones could like do the flip around oh god oh I'd lord okay there, yeah like under <laughs> this is connor learning bowl. how to do selfies yeah okay. and i would literally spider webs whatever i'm mm -hmm. trying to re-concrete under a like a slab or something and i'm sitting there yeah and i would turn the phone around don't forget what this feels like oh yeah yeah because i do not ever want to forget where i came from Damn whether straight. it's like Three weeks ago yeah. or a month ago or whatever because it can you can make it better just work harder period yeah yeah so i would sit there and be like no joke not trying to make myself like more sad i'd literally just take a picture and there's times when i i'm like trying to delete pictures and i go through that and i'm like you find things, that one it resonates it does and yeah. i'm like Man, life's good, man. Yeah. FD, I, I owe you everything. This is great. This and is you know great. what? You're going to keep that mindset. Yeah. And you're going to stay with that because you're one of the rare ones. And you're going to instill that mindset into the next generations coming in. You have sure to. Hope, you got to get them away from that technology in a sense. Or find a way to incorporate their career into that technology. Because it right. does have a purpose and a mission. Don't get me wrong. Like I've done with many of these kids. You got to find a way to break them out of that shell. And if you got to go through their technology to make it happen, you do. Okay. Right, right. Make them use it as a task-oriented device. And then get them out there to talk, communicate, and learn something different. Right. There are very few amongst us that actually have an understanding of what it's like to break your back doing hard labor, you know, detailing cars to put food on the table and then working a swing shift at dispatch where in Palm Springs, it was I go in Friday, come out Saturday at 11, go back at 6 p.m., come back out at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Okay, that was basically three solid days of work right there with about, what, eight hours of sleep combined, right. oh, yeah. if that. And that's because I also had two kids at home at that point, too. One, at least, for sure, Cody. Zach was around at that point, too. And I'm doing that swing shift Monday through Friday. I'm detailing cars. I'm going out and detailing every day. I'm doing seven, eight cars a day, as many as I can do driving around my little Ford Ranger pickup truck. Okay. And, and it was those moments I realized if I'm able to bring in just a few extra hundred dollars, what that can do to put food on the table for my wife, my children, what could I do if I decided to take that next leap into the fire service and what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of life would I bring in? And that's the life outside of radio that I don't often talk about, you know, See, when I was able to work in radio and do that. 
And that right there, like, there's more and more and more people like you doing that. When you say stories like that, I get a reality check. And I'm like, look, man, life's not, life's great right now. It is great. You know what I mean? There's people out there that are struggling, but they're making it work. They're doing their best. They're grinding. You know what I mean? And it's like. God, it's, it's just, it's crazy. That's awesome, man. You right. talked to my wife, 23 years. We've had her ups and downs. And you know, the first year of our relationship, she carried me in a sense, okay? You know, I, I don't give her enough credit and she doesn't want the credit. That's the kind of person my wife is. She reminds me often. She reminds me often, hey, you wouldn't be sitting where you were if it wasn't for me in a lot of ways. And she's right. It's not just my mentors. You got to acknowledge the people in your lives as well that get you there. Remember, we talked about that earlier in the beginning of the Mm -hmm. episode, your actions, how they affect the people around you. Well, your successes affect them equally, okay, in a sense. You're going to bring them to a level of accomplishment in their own mind. And that's all your loved ones want from you. You get in the fire service and accomplish great things. They helped you get there if they were part of that journey. You should acknowledge that and accept that. And your failures can be their failures too, but you don't want those failures to be long lasting. You want to learn, pick up and move forward. And that's something I had to realize too, is I had a family to provide for just six, seven, eight years ago. And if I couldn't do that for them, well, then what kind of a husband am I? Put my bad attitude aside at times, take my anger, take my anxiety, take all of that out of the equation because those are days I deal with here at home and those are things I deal with and that's the other side. And we're not going to delve too deep into that because an hour and a half is where we push this episode. I no just want way. you to know. What? Yeah, what? hour wow. and 27 minutes and we're going to close in a minute and we're going right to close on. on you guys but because she already lit the fire out there. <laughs> all right, uh, there's, there's flame outside and, and so we're going to join her out there here in a minute. I want to close on this with you guys. I want to talk about where you're at at this very moment with your careers, your goals, and then, of course, brigands. And we're going to do that in under two to three minutes. How about that? Cool. Let's All make right. that happen. Dylan, kick it off. Let's hit it. All right, Dylan. Um, yeah. So with New Smyrna Fire right now, uh, biggest thing, like we kind of discussed earlier, 25-meter uh, target, being the best firefighter EMT I can right now and focusing on the basics. That's The basics have gotten me far, whether it's in Ranger Regiment or – on the wrestling mat or anywhere else in life. So yeah. um, first and foremost, being confident in the basics more than anything, focusing on being a good EMT when I'm on the box and a good firefighter when I'm riding backwards. That's okay. the biggest thing. Um, other than that, we have our next goals too. We have our 50 meter, our 100 meter, our 300 meter targets, of course. Smoke Diver goes right in there. So good. Um, just like many, many other things, anything I can get my hands on. It's the same way in the military. These guys are the same way too. Um, feed me, give me more. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, the Connor will agree too that we're looking to bring, you know, I, I'm just getting started in the fire service and I'll be the first one to admit that. And, but we are both looking to bring the work ethic, the standards and the aggressiveness from the military into our fire departments. Right on. And yeah, that's the goal. All right. Connor. You know, yeah, he he covered a lot of it. Um, Sorry, but, but mine is to no, it's good, it's good. <laughs> good job, man. No, Connor, you got to have your own purpose and mission yeah, here. Okay. No own purpose, you know. It's to uh, every day, you know, you're not at the fire department, you're representing them. You are. Period. You know, um, whether you're wearing a shirt or not. Yeah. And that's kind of one thing I've noticed too. It's kind of switched my mindset. Is like, okay, you can't go out here because you're a ranger, like, mm-hmm. or when you were in, and you're like, you're praised on going out drinking, fighting. Like, yeah. That, you know, that's at least when we were in, that was like, hey. What'd you do this weekend? It was you know, expected. Like, what if, scars do you have? Yeah. This is no, be a professional, go out there, you know, and, and just be a 
normal human being, I guess, yeah. you know, so that, and I just learned from God, me and our crew, B shift, shout out to B shift, man. We, Oh, the black about, sheep squadron. Yeah. yeah I was man. a B shifter for almost my entire career until I got just really? before. Prom- oh yeah. No, no. Putnam and Lake County aligned shift wise. So I went from B shift to B shift. Okay. So I was always a black sheep. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Okay. Nice. Sink or swim mentality. I had a right captain on. who, you know, real quick, not to B-ship take away from you. Boys. Damn straight. <laughs> yeah. Captain Paul Bateman, who was a battalion chief when he finally retired, was one of my best assets and mentors and one of my greatest rivals in a sense too. But really? he also let me just pull that rope out enough to just know when to snap it back and show me the, the reasons why I needed to be humble and recognize right where I was really screwing up. So That's I give awesome. a shout out to Paul Bateman any day of the week. Absolutely for that. Right on. So finish that, finish that B shifter. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just shout out to them, man. Um, so God, every night we end up talking till one, two in the morning, Yeah, just about everything life to I'm learning stuff that I never thought I'd learn about like on a human level to, I'm getting married, so they're like, oh, man, like, it's going to, you know, crazy, but it's the best time of your life, but it's the worst time, but it's the best time, you know, Mm -hmm. all these things. So I'm taking that in as well, not just learning good stuff from the fire truck and on scene and stuff like that. Um, So it's to take these stories in, and what I've learned is embrace the moment. Like, don't, the last fire I had, like, last big good one, Mm -hmm. I think I was already trying to, I was down at myself. Oh, I should have. And Nate was up there with me and LT Silvestri. Shout out to them. Okay. They, I was already like bummed at myself for like, I should have done this better. I should have been in better shape. And it's just like, just every day you go to work, just embrace the day and just remember what happened. Good or bad. You Damn know straight. I mean? When the scene's over and you go back to the station, then start reflecting. Yeah. And that's one thing, like, I think it's just, you know, I need to be better at. So that I'm trying to. Every day, take something positive away from it, you know, and um, get through probation. Mm-hmm. And then I think my main goal is to keep, just keep showing up to work. So when that next new guy comes, I can pass something down, pass something down to them so I can actually, you know, have a spot, have a legitimate spot at this department. Damn straight. And make that career worth it, that 20 Definitely. years worth it. RJ, I'm going to close out with you. And the reason is... You came into their lives at a time where they were already on the precipice of something great. Okay. They got brigands started. They had a mission, a purpose. They just didn't have a direction. And in a sense, you kind of brought that direction, I think. And then you added that clarity and that leadership and that mentoring and that humility to the, to the, to the, the purpose behind brigands. So how do you want to get these guys ahead in the sense of making brigands something moving forward from here? Mm, I, I think uh, when we all three started it, it kind of happened organically, but at, between getting a business license for them and starting all three of us in a bank to start a bank account, you know, I got this call for a production. And I was like, wait a minute, like, why don't we all do this? Damn straight. And uh, so, I, you know, there's a lot of different opportunities out there. And so they're in a perfect position as firemen to take on different projects. Yeah. And, and whether that's going to support an exercise for DOD or... Mm-hmm do some uh, pre-production training for some principal actors that are about to go to Asia and get it on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, I thought we could do that. And then all three of us are, Hey, we need to get more stories out there and we need to, we need to show people always do your best. Keep your sense of humor, stay humble, um, you know, pass on what you can when you can. So it's, it's been really cool. And, and we just did uh, a project out in Texas mm-hmm. 
where we brought a first ranger battalion, Brock Hooten, and one of my PJs, uh, Joey, uh, out to Texas making great money uh, short term. And uh, there's going to be a lot more of that. Outstanding. So. Outstanding. So we're closing out at an hour 33. It's my longest episode ever, guys. Just so you know, an hour and 33 minutes. You guys brought it to the house this evening. We're not even, we don't even have a YouTube video to fulfill this evening for this one, but we did it live in person, which to me is probably the most organic experience we can have because COVID has screwed things up for so many for so long. But brigands, to my brigands, I toast to you all, all three of you. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on to the episode, the show, the process, being a part of this. And for actually, man, you guys brought some serious shit to the table. I can't thank you enough for that. This is great. Hey, hard to believe an hour and 30 minutes, right? We squeezed into this. So. I'm grateful, and you guys are coming back. We'll do this again, right? right, on, All right yeah. Because there's more that. to share. We're going to have to. I don't think there's a reason not to, because we've got a fire starting out there. we got chicken in the, in the fridge right now waiting for us, and a lot of whiskey to go forward from here. So with that, guys, thank you again. I'm honored to have you all three here this evening with me, so thank you for that. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Some pipe-hitting motherfuckers, as they like to say <laughs> it, right? Humble as ever. With that... God bless you all. Keep your head on a swivel. You know you are your brothers and sisters keeper. You realize that we are forging through difficult times right now. And no matter what those difficulties are, we're here for each other. We got to be. And if we're not, then we're failing each other at the end of the day. So take that mentality with you every day. Be your best. Do your best. Don't be afraid to fail. Embrace the fact that the wrong decision isn't always the failure at the end of the day. It's the indecision that's going to kill us at the end of the day. So we'll catch you on the flip side. survived 30 minutes of online training with the can man radio show did you remember to train your proby today the can man knows he knows everything when that 2 a.m lift assist drops the can man will be thinking of you in his dreams thanks for listening to the show guys and if you want to look for more content out there from some great firefighters on some awesome podcasts go check out some of my friends starting with my good friend steve green from the five alarm task force and my good buddy Rob Pollock from Flow Invent, the Down to Fight Fire podcast out of British Columbia, Canada, A. SA Matters with Dr. Richard Gassaway, my good friend Ryan Pennington from West Virginia with Jump Seat Radio and that Jump Seat Radio Nation. Pin the Q, Code 3, Do Work, the Thin Red Line with my brother Captain John Haywick out of Passaic as well, the Fire Rescue Show, the Average Jake Firefighter, and of course, John Spira and the Fit to Fight Fire podcast. Go check these brothers out as they put great content out there and they're going to appreciate your support. See you on the next one.